we got no bits or gags this week. We'll save that for next week. Um, we just want to start out this week and say, you know, our hearts are with all the people affected by the, the tragedy. Yeah, uh, recording on Sunday, yesterday, Saturday. Um, yeah, yeah, no, um, this is going to be obviously an, an episode that's much uh, different in tone. Um, we are joined by State Assemblyman John Rivera, um, and we have, a, um, I think, an important conversation about uh, dealing with the events of, of yesterday's shooting at the tops on Jefferson. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, just following along that in lieu of our traditional opening music, we'll have a moment of silence for the victims of yesterday's terrorist attack. All right, and welcome back um, to the square. Um, this is not a uh, not the episode we thought we'd be recording, not the kind of world that we thought we'd be living in. Um, but we are currently recording this episode the day after the mass shooting event at the Jefferson Avenue Top Supermarket, um, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know, guys. What um, we're not we're not looking for takes. We're not. By the time you hear this, it's going to be Thursday. It's going to be a few days past, and I'm only going to speak for myself. But I, this is just going to be kind of talking through um, our feelings, working through some things here. We have State Assemblyman John Rivera with us today. John, how you doing, man? I'm good. Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, so if, I mean, I, I'm not even going to, we know what happened. I'm not going to give you a recap. There was a, a shooting at the Tops supermarket. Um, and I think at this time we've confirmed it was 10, 10 people have passed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, our hearts go out to everyone in the community, especially the friends and family uh, of the victims, right? So I think it's a time to treat everyone with love and compassion. I don't know. If you're if you're out there and you're in and you're thinking thoughts like this young man did this this asshole, stop. I mean, people's family, friends, their grandmas died for no for no good reason at all. Stop. Think think of another way to be. Again, love and compassion. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I, like, I, yes, yes. I, I one thousand percent agree. If you're one of those assholes out there swinging around a Confederate flag in New York State, maybe stop. Or, Don't do that anymore. Or, or if you're in Georgia, still stop. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter what state you're in. Right. Like, we saw you up at Ottawa. Get stop it. I mean, it, it, bears, it bears saying that. Maybe consider another way of thinking. Well, it, bear, it bears saying that, one, this, uh, this individual, um, not even worth naming, in my opinion, this individual went out of his way, traveled what a good two two and a half hours i think it's like three and a half three hours, hours yeah. and a half hours yeah. from broom county roughly outside of binghamton to specifically this area which i believe i, I think it was be, due to the fact it had like one of the highest concentration of african-american population in in the state it was that yeah yeah his uh, mo was that his right in in, in a in a area i mean he he had apparently done research into this particular tops i knew the time of day to go and knew that you know um 
the with restricted staffing, how slow the the checkout lines would be that people would just be sitting ducks for him. Uh, it's just uh, an act of absolute clear-eyed, cold-blooded, um, determined. Just everything you could do to make as much of a an impact as possible, the cruelest thing you could do as possible, just completely executed and planned out. Um, I will say, you know, we're still early in the media cycle, and maybe by the time that you listen to this, listener, maybe we will have reached the point in the media cycle where there's an element of sympathy that shows up for the shooter being a young white male, and you get to that part where, you know, what could have happened in his life, and how did he get here? Um, I, I feel like the media currently, to their credit, is not doing that. I think in large part because there's no... There's there, like there's no element of uh, there's no discrepancy. Like you know exactly why he did it. He had a hundred page manifesto. I think it was over a hundred pages. But yeah, I mean this this isn't like a Kyle Rittenhouse thing where he's trying to claim self defense, right? You know this this was I drove three and a half hours to murder black people because I'm a white supremacist. I mean it's 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 clearly a racist hate crime act of terrorism like there like if you're if you're covering this make sure you say it was like white supremacy and racism and an act of terrorism you don't mince words because he didn't you know i mean you know now reddit had took down his profile but like five hours before the shooting started when before he drove to buffalo he was on reddit asking questions about ammunition and like his past profile uh, for like the past two months was asking about body armor. This wasn't like, oh, in a, some sort of impulsive decision. The only thing that was impulsive is that according to his manifesto, he didn't intend on committing suicide and didn't do that at the end. It's, and I mean, again, you're going to see this a lot on your Twitter feeds or social media, but it does bear repeating because I think it's so pertinent and so important to say that this is you read some excerpts from this guy's manifesto and he's an 18 year old kid. He's a fucking moron, but the language almost verbatim from sources like Tucker Carlson, um, you know, which itself you could probably pull from like Stormfront or any number of other just vile racist sources, but word for word, everything he said was there are local media outlets that, that propagate this kind of shit, right? Right, right. So it's word for word shit, like um, you know the the great replacement theory yeah. that white people are being replaced in this country, and that ultimately, you know, your rights as a white American or whatever are being undermined because the white birth rates are down, and they're trying to replace you with black people and immigrants and you know people of color, and. Uh, yeah, man, that's pretty fucking scary, I got to say. Um, it's pretty scary that we live in a media environment that uh, that just puts that puts that on blast 24-7. You can turn on Fox News and you can get that shit straight into your fucking eyeballs. You can go on the internet and there's multi-million dollar multimedia websites that are dedicated to spewing that shit. Mm-hmm. And now it's in action. Like, and, and not now, I know we've seen it in the past, but... Now it's in our backyard, well, in our you, community. You know, it's not just the it's not just media, but it's high level 
Republican officials. You know, like Matt Gates has been on record saying that he believes in like replacement uh, theory. So like, you know, like he's a fucking member of Congress. Like Breitbart is doing this shit when Bannon was in charge. Like this is this is not some fringe thing that people I think it might be. Oh, uh, it's it's just some crazy people. No, these are people who actually hold on to levers of power in Washington, and you know, it, it's. It demands some sort of a- action, but I don't know what it is. I mean, oh. I-, I will say it's not in our backyard. It's been in our backyard. It's in our front yard now. Well, yeah, but now we have an act of terrorism in our backyard, right? right? Like, I mean, right. yes, the the ideology is certainly well established. It's been here for a long time, and you could argue that really Western New York is one of the homes of of this sort of thing. Whether it's you know Mike Caputo, whether it's Tim McVeigh, uh, Tim McVeigh. I well, mean, and, and, and I mean, look at the per capita. Erie County had more participants in the January 6th insurrection than any other county in the country. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, let, you know, let's not pre- pre- pretend that, oh, well, this guy, you know, he's not from here, so this isn't happening here. Like, no, it's, it's definitely happening here. You know, this guy just happened to pick Buffalo. Fuck, I don't know. What, uh, I'm really at a loss for words other than, like, I'm really angry at Tom Suozzi, but... Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Um, so, Tom, 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 Tom. Maybe I'll call him Tom from now. Tom's on. good. Tom, drain the Twomp. Uh, Tom Sawazi, a wannabe gubernatorial candidate who is going to be running against Kathy Hochul coming up in the um, in the in the primary in Democratic primary, made just a, an absolutely despicable statement here, Jim. Um, uh, what was it? It was about that we need to that Kathy Hochul hasn't been supporting law enforcement. Well, no, no. What, uh, he, he Kathy said something earlier this week, maybe like Friday or Thursday, um, about all the improvements and gains that have been being made in fighting crime in New York State, and he copied that and was like, "There was literally a shooting in Buffalo today. You don't. You're not making any. You know, and we need to handle bail reform." And like, okay, listen. By, by the way, this this guy is being held without bail. Right, right. So, so, so that, that is something that you still could do. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, oh, so this eighteen-year-old kid with no record. Well, we should have had some sort of minority report pre-crime division that, like, just you knew he was going to do this. I mean, I mean there, I probably, there'd be worse things to do than lock up every eighteen-year-old white kid who lives in Broome County, I suppose. But like, not many. <laughs> What I mean, I don't know. I know you're uh, in a little bit of a pickle here, John, because you're an elected official, and I know <laughs> you got to kind of like walk on eggshells in times. But you did have a tweet critical of Tom Suozzi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, t- taking a step back on that. I mean, part of me thinks you never really expect. You, you know, I've been born and raised in Buffalo my whole life, and I don't anticipate ever leaving it. Um, and. I would be lying to you if I said I never experienced some form of racism or witnessed some form of racism, certainly. But to to think that there'd be a mass shooting in your city is still, you know, mm-hmm. a crazy thought that it could happen. Um, and uh, it 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 fills one with a certain fear and a certain anger and a certain rage. But truthfully, it would be pretty disingenuous if I were to say that you know, it's that that my rage is equivalent to the rage of people that are experienced that type of behavior, that type of 
um, racism, that type of anger, that type of fear every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's nothing that I can say that we could say that's anything close to what people, um, what black people go through every day, frankly. Yeah. I mean, you know, that neighborhood was absolutely chosen specifically for a reason. Um, to drive from Broome County to Erie County in and of itself, you probably passed a hundred supermarkets maybe between there and yeah. here. Uh, it's absolutely deliberate that it was chosen here. It's an act of terrorism against the black community. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And, um, you know, there's a, the sad thing about it that I'm thinking is that I, I think um, you're right that the coverage of it has not gone to the, let's sympathize for the guy, let's humanize the guy, because truthfully we shouldn't. Frankly, when when we hear a story about somebody shoplifting out of tops, we can be, you know, we, we don't take a second and say, well, maybe that person was shoplifting because they have no money right? mm-hmm, because they right. just want food for their children. So why should we dig into a narrative, you know, try to come up with a narrative of why this guy did what he did? Well, you, you know what? It, it, I bet you it, if it was a white guy who got caught shoplifting at Tops, they probably would try to find f- f- that narrative and like, well, maybe he was just trying to take care of his family. John Valjean status. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, you're right that we no sense even mentioning his name in reality the 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 next thing that i worry about is that we just grow cold to this and then you know we just sort of think like maybe not here specifically because it's here in buffalo but other parts of the country are watching us and i'm and i'm wondering in their eyes are they thinking like well it's another mass shooting like mm-hmm. oh, you know these things are happening left and right next you know what's, right. what what else is on tv you know i i think about if we just are going to do something with this moment in time to actually effectuate a change that really matters to people that are being burdened every day by hate, or are we just going to say our nice things and do our nice things and make sure people are not crying anymore. And then we just move on. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that like in this particular case, like, you know, I would like to see, you know, the, uh, some of the elected officials who represent Broome County, their state reps, maybe their county executive, some of their county, come to Buffalo and see the community that was affected by somebody from their community. You know, take that step. Show that you care about someplace else in your state, that you still do care about other people, and that it's, you're not just going to give lip service and say, well, like, because there already is articles like, you know, sleepy little town shocked by, you know, what the, who they thought was a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the... the you know, granted, this just happened yesterday, so we'll, we're still not, we don't know right. everything, but a hundred thoughts come across your mind when you think of this, and, you know, it's ranged from, you know, what's going on in someone's mind as they're driving three hours, mm-hmm. and then it also goes to, like, where does somebody acquire that kind of gun at that age, mm-hmm. then to what kind of house allows their kid to just screw around with a gun like that and pretend mm-hmm. like it's not a thing, and... Right. Have a have a have a, a threat at his high school in June, but right. still find it okay to have them, let them use a gun. Like mm-hmm. you know, all these thoughts come across your mind, and, and it, it it's you know there'll be a hundred unanswered questions that we have to be comfortable in never knowing the answer to because I'd imagine somebody in his state or, has no um, you know he acted uh, presumably acted alone he videotaped the entire thing there's no ambiguity to this it's not like some prosecutor has to dig in their heels and do a lot of investigatory work frankly because outside of looking at what he was doing online maybe there's nothing you know we know what happened we know he did it Mm -hmm. um but part of me 
thinks that 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 there's no incentive for him to necessarily go on any more than he already incriminated himself by this ridiculous manifesto. So we'll never know answers to the questions we have. Instead, I'd rather devote my energy to one, making sure that the families are as healed as they can be. uh, And that those that, you know, were attacked and survived are, are getting the kind of medical treatment that they should. And after that, it's, you know, not to say that this is unpreventable, but it showed that it could literally happen anywhere. Like, yeah. I'm going to take my daughter to the playground later today. That's no more of a, a strange place than a supermarket. Right. Yeah. The church that I went to this morning, it's no stranger place than a supermarket. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it makes you think that metal detectors aren't going to make a difference. That, you know, uh, being, you know, m- m- if I, I don't own a gun, but. You know, if I myself had a gun, would that even have made a difference in that space? Like none of the, what really matters is how is it, are we how are we going to make it so that people that can operate with such vile hatred towards another human being and 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 produce such an inhumane, vicious, violent act? How is it that we can prevent the thought, the behavior, the mm-hmm. mentality, the 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 indoctrinization? Like, how do you prevent that? You know, is it short of uh, you know? not allowing people to be on the internet. I mean, what are we, what can we do as a society? What can we do as, right. as lawmakers to like genuinely make a difference on top of the necessary need for, for gun safety legislation. But I mean, you, but part of the problem is it, it are some of the, the lawmakers. I mean, you know, Elise Stefanik, it, you know, was on Twitter yesterday saying what a terrible thing this is. And, you know, oh, oh no, I, you know, my heart goes out to the people of Buffalo. Meanwhile, she's running paid ads on social media about how the Biden administration wants to add 11 million illegal immigrants to the population of the United States so that they have control of the government over white people, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like, there's such a crazy disconnect there where she's trying to say, as safe face and say this. There's, there's a subset well, of our culture that propagates this. Yeah. And, and, and it's been here for centuries, right? Mm-hmm. And this is... And truthfully, every country has gone through this in history at yeah. one time or another. And the other thing you said, like, you know, what if you had a gun? Well, like, we know... That there was a, a good guy with a gun there, right? Like this, this is this, the article and shot him, and he had body armor, right? Right, and, and, and didn't, didn't have an effect. But like, also, like we talk about, like, or, or they, they talk about, like the NRA. Well, oh, well, if there was a good guy with a gun, they'll stop them. Look, this guy was a retired Buffalo Police Department officer. Like, maybe like one of the better trained people you could possibly have to be the good guy with a gun in the situation, and he was unable to stop them. If a retired Buffalo Police officer is unable to stop him with an armed weapon, like, what do you think, like? I don't know, like any random, random person's odd, like or, occasionally who, carries a gun. With who, them, yeah, right. who, like yeah, who occasionally carries a gun and isn't trained for high stress situations and has sure. never been in one. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like, sorry, Stefan Mahailu, but you're not going to disarm him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get in the situation. How do you know they are the good guy with the gun? Right, right. Uh, read something the Daily Beast earlier about him. That that just as a side note, that kind of got me. That he was a retired, you know, Buffalo cop. Working, uh, working security, just you know, to kind of yeah. it's something that that I don't tell a lot of folks. It, it it made me think of my dad in part because he used to be a security guard at the tops. Yeah, yeah. I, I used it's, to. It's not uncommon. Yeah, you know, he was he was still in, in the department then, but you know, but again, just a, a person just doing their job, mm-hmm. just like those people were just people just doing some grocery shop. Yeah. Well, and and these people like <sighs> these people became part of a conversation about an ideology 
and they never asked for it. They never wanted it. They were going to tops. You know, they had people, there were people who had plans for Memorial day weekend. They, they were people, you know, who spent time with their families, their kids. They didn't ask to be drawn into any kind of ideological battle. They didn't ask to be part of this conversation. Um, they were forced to because this this individual imposed his ideology directly on them by taking their lives, imposed it on us as a community by having to deal with the after effects of this absolutely heinous massacre. Um, these are just normal people, man. Like they're just normal fucking people just trying to go to tops. Right. And that's, you know, we, we kind of started this with this portion of what we're talking about around Swazi and, and his comments. I mean, at the end of the day, it it's, it's one thing that like it, I already have a bit of a chip on my shoulder when people talk about Buffalo or come to Buffalo uh, to pop in and do a, a campaign stop or whatever. And, and, and they begin to presume that they can tell us what we should or shouldn't have, or what we need and don't need. And it, it really is, and maybe the chip on my shoulder is just sort of like the natural Buffalo thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's beyond presumptuous. It's, it's like hyper entitled to be like, I'm from New York City or I'm from wherever. You know, you hayseeds from Buffalo. Let me tell you how you should do economic development. Let me tell you how you should do safety let me tell you you know it's 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 beyond asinine so you know there there's a that and i think that's why more or less he was here because of the stadium and blah 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 but you know to then turn that which is already a you know unsettling to turn that into well let me tell you why kathy hochel or fill in the blank person is not good at their job Mm -hmm. because this thing just happened and it clearly is because they failed at that it just absolutely just means you're just using a moment, using, frankly, the death of people to perpetuate a narrative that is advantageous only to you. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's it's ridiculous. And, and you know, frankly, uh, I hate the idea of my city being used as, a, as an in-and-out campaign stop and not really giving a shit. But I hate it more under the idea of somebody could use this city as sort of a means by which they can promote themselves and how they're better than something else because some horrendous random thing has just happened. So, right. I mean, look, he was in Buffalo anyways, but when when this terrorist attack happened, like he really he should have thought that he only had two options: one, Swazi, you're referring Swazi, yeah. yeah, do nothing. Just fucking go back to Long Island and be like, well, I guess I guess our, the, our planned trip to Buffalo didn't go, as, didn't go as planned. Oh, well. Or, you know, maybe reach out to the county executive's office and say, hey, you know, we're, we're here in town anyways. Can we volunteer and help you hand out food like the county executive's office and, and their staff are doing? Can we do something small and not publicize it? Right, and, and, not ju- it. And, just, and just do it because you're, you, theoretically you're, you're a good person who wants to serve the public. That's why you ran for Congress. That's why you're running for governor is because you think you're a good person and you want to serve the public. Well, go prove it and do it. Don't take it as a chance to push some nonsense fucking idea and take advantage of a situation where people literally died. This is the state that you want to be governor of. And your first impulse is when people in your state are massacred is to turn it into a political point for yourself. What the fuck? Well, and that's how people, I think that's how people become inured 
by this sort of thing is that it becomes a political, it's just another political take. It's another political line. And so in your mind, you can dehumanize and decontextualize everybody involved by it becoming a, a gotcha for Kathy Hochul on bail reform or, you know, whatever. We, we lose a sense of humanity. I mean, it's, it's absolutely fucking ridiculous for him to put that statement out anytime, especially the day of the fucking shooting, but like blows my fucking mind. It's, it's beyond, it's beyond out of touch. But the, the broader point here is that when it becomes a pot shot, when it becomes something that we throw around in the, you know, in the culture war or whatever, what have you, the political wars, it, it, it loses the humanity and it, it loses sight of the people whose lives were just ripped, ripped from us, ripped from their families. Um, and that's why it's just so, it's just so heinous, like so despicable for anybody to say, let alone a guy who wants to be the governor of New York state. Like, I don't know, man. I, I just, I know, I know Western New York, you could, there's so many different thoughts. Like you said, John, there's so many different thoughts running through all of our heads right now. You can talk about Western New York itself being unfortunately very um, segregated as a community, Buffalo segregated as community that tops perhaps being specifically chosen because it was, a, um, you know, a, a large uh, African-American population that also, that area is a food desert for the most part right. without that Tops. So that Tops was celebrated 20 years ago when it opened, right? Because it was, there was nothing I'd before imagine. that. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine. That was it. Um, I mean, there's just like so many different things that are, I think are running through everybody's head. And it just, it, it puts such a sharp focus on, the everything <laughs> there's so many there's so many problems there's so many ways you can look at it. it it it's almost like you're exposing it to the world and exposing it to the rest of the country and and just saying like here are the multitude of things that are that we're dealing with in this community um but like at the end of it all it's just i i don't know this is this is something it's i, I don't want to like give you gradations of racism. I don't want to try to tell you like, oh, you know, your, your plain common MAGA guy racism is somehow better than, than what this was. But I, I guess it's just so unique to me. So unique and, and, and also not unique at all in the sense that this is a, again, language just pulled directly from Tucker Carlson language that abounds in the current day Republican party. And yet for us to see somebody putting together a manifesto and getting dressed up in body armor and then just, you know, going out there and wantonly and, and cold bloodedly killing people that, that just feels, that feels like a different thing. I mean, maybe, but also like there was literally hundreds of them at January 6th at the insurrection from all over the country. They got together because they were told to by Republican and conservative news media leaders. So like, I mean, they didn't kill members of Congress, mostly because, you know, Capitol Security and Capitol Police Force hid the members of Congress and took the, and got them away from them. If they didn't, who knows? It may have been a totally different situation. Um, so, like, I mean, yeah, it's it's abhorrent that this guy decided to drive three and a half hours from Broome County to, to Erie County for this, to the city of Buffalo. But, you know, people traveled from fucking California to D.C. so they could overthrow the government. Yeah, it just... It feels like in a way, like not in a way. I mean, it just feels like we've been violated. Like our community has been violated. Um, these people's lives have been violated. Like 
I don't know, man. It It's just so cold-blooded. Everything about it. And, like, yeah, I, I know he's an adult. He's 18 years old. He's a fucking kid. Like, he's a, he's a kid who made an adult. Like, he's an adult in the eyes of the law. Should be treated as an adult in the eyes of the law. Um, he made an adult decision to do that with the consequences that'll come with it. It's just fucking mind-boggling. Like, how his youth wasn't too far behind him. How did you get to that place? You know? And again, like you said, John, these are questions that we're never going to have answers to. And we're just going to have to live with the fact that we don't know, but my God. Yeah. I mean, the the thought that that came that I thought about the most this morning was, you know, an 18 year old kid. What's universal about 18 year old kids. Nine times out of 10 is that they're broke. Mm -hmm. Like when I was 18, I was broke. How did he afford the gun? How did he afford the armor? How did he afford the ammunition? How did he? Aff- I mean, just in the dollars and cents of it. Right. So, so then you think like, well, and on top of it, he lived with his family. Like they had to see him come in and out of the house with this enormous sure. gun. Right. They knew that he had that he was questioned by the police last June about his school shooting threat, and they still let him in and out the house with this gun. Well, it's, and, a, and, he, know, had, he had know, three like, guns on him. Right, right, right. right. Like, right. Like, so like, none of this stuff is cheap. I mean, it's yeah, thousands know. of dollars worth of equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like when I was 18, I barely had gas money. Right, like, right. same. You know, and I delivered pizzas. So, I mean, maybe he made a little more than me, let's say. Uh, but still, like that means then, then somebody was very okay with either giving him money to buy these things or if nothing else, live in the same house where this was happening. Right. So then you think like, you know, then the liability does have to fall with, with the other people that lived with him, sure. i.e. his parents. Like, right. you know, I have a kid and I, and granted she's far younger than him. She's only three or four, but about it before. But, you know, I have to imagine that when my 18 year old daughter is in my house, I'd, I, I would, I'm certain I'll see a gun that size in her hands one way or another. Like I wouldn't be oblivious to it. Uh, it means that most likely they were complacent about it, that they were quite okay with it, but <sighs> right. When, yeah. you know, and, and also according to his, his notes, like this wasn't, his, he came up to Buffalo to scout this tops a couple of months ago. Right. And like, his parents, like, they're 18. He, he didn't have his own car. He had to borrow their car. So he, he drove three and a half hours to Buffalo, spent however long here, and then drove back to Broome County. And they, were, they didn't say, like, so what did you go to Buffalo for? And he was like, oh, well, I was just mapping out my terrorist attack. And they were like, okay, well, that's fine with us. Like, there, there, there was no inquisition about what was going on with him. And, yeah, I mean, you know, look. A shotgun, a hunting rifle, and an AR-15. You're not carrying all three of those at one time, so he's making multiple trips out to the car to take his arsenal with him uh, and his body armor. And like, again, like yeah, the parents are just just don't don't care. Don't you know, he's just going off to to what January sixth reenactment day? Right. I mean, it, it, the ten thousand foot view. When I think about it, as you know, you know, last night I was on Jefferson Avenue and I, and I got to really think about like you know, what that neighborhood is and what it means and, and the people that are living there. And, and I just think, like, you know, one isn't born racist. Like, I don't think like, I came to this earth, you know, yeah. a, a racist. And you, in my head, I, I used to always think, you well, you learn racism at the dinner table, mm-hmm. right? You learn it, you know, at home. Uh, but with so much craziness online, you could certainly become 
you know, an extreme racist just by reading things that you see and right. believing them. Um, you have to feel like something in an, uh, his in his upbringing led to the point sure. where he was on the internet and said, yeah. "That looks like a good idea." Like, oh that's, yeah, that's that absolutely right. This, oh yeah, you know, and he just believes in it. And mm. you know, I, again, I don't want to be. There's no what I'm. My train of thought is not about compassion necessarily. What it's about is how long are we going to be okay with the little racism that eventually grows into the big racism? Mm-hmm. Like how long are we going to be okay with like the, the absolute clear systemic racism that exists and then, and then wait till, you know, you know, just monstrosities like this happen. Then be like, Oh gee, you know, well, that guy's a racist. Right. Well, that guy wasn't a racist yesterday. Right. And when he did this, he was a racist probably years ago. Um, and you know we we can't be okay with the, whatever seedling of that was you know we can't be okay with the sort of the initial parts of that because the you know yesterday was just so clear and and evident and ugly that's how Stephaniak or whoever can can say whatever yeah. she said because it's just so clear that it was right. ridiculous so but you know where are the where are the where are the people that are saying oh that's racism and that's not good where were they five years ago when it was okay to disproportionately arrest black people where were you know where were they when it was okay to relegate you know certain communities to only certain neighborhoods mm. you know this this has existed since forever in this country um and violence has always existed in this country around people of, of certain ethnicities it, it, it's because we don't confront it it's because we don't challenge it it's because we don't see it we don't want to see it and that's why it continues to be per- perpetuated it's now finding it's some of its most ugliest uh, uh facades on you know young white men that are on the internet and they're being indoctrinated by all this lunacy mm-hmm. but you know w- there's things that we can do as a society that prevents even that from happening Five years ago, not today. After something like this has happened, but we're 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 having that problem with that battle, anyways. Because like anything that now, like you, the, the Republican Party, part of their zeitgeist is anything that's being taught in schools. If it mentions like, well, this was racist, is now un- they consider it to be under the auspice of critical race theory, and is the worst thing that you could possibly teach in a school. Right. So like the, they're they're erasing or trying to attempting to erase any attempt to get to like that beginning level of racism and like identify like this is what systemic racism looks like. This is why you know this is a this is a racist policy or or you know anything at the baseline, and so it's very it's going to be much easier to radicalize people instead of being harder uh, because the Republican Party is going actively after preventing that kind of discourse at a beginning level. Well, and it has a chilling effect, right? So, like, you know, like you're saying, Jim, like, they're attacking the very idea of understanding the foundations of systemic racism um, in this country. And so, as a result, you don't talk about it, you know, or you talk about it uh, with kid gloves. And certainly the history of racism in this country uh, deserves much more than the gentle talk around a treatment. And yet, it's become a politicized issue, so it's harder in this country to talk about it in the classroom. Um, there's been a full on assault on that discussion. So what ends up happening is like you said, John, there's all sorts of corners of the internet um, where you can be exposed to this kind of garbage and just, it becomes 
insanely radicalizing. Uh, by all accounts, this kid was a regular on 4chan, I believe, um, you know, based on his Reddit post history. Certainly, I, I think he was, not, not to make light of this or whatever, but I, he was into coin collecting in large part because he believed that um, American currency was a, like a tool of uh, the Jewish establishment or something. I mean, just really fucking insane, far out there shit. And yet it's widely prevalent. <laughs> like it's, it's widely prevalent on many cor- corners of the internet. And we talk about, you know, we talked about Car- uh, Tucker Carlson earlier that a lot of what you see on his television show uh, pretty much match word for word from this fucking kid's manifesto and i don't think necessarily that he was watching tucker carlson i think the writers of tucker carlson were going to the same website that this kid is going to and pretty much lifting this stuff word for word and so i i don't i don't have an answer for you i don't know if it's don't let your kids go on the internet i don't know um what we do you know th- i know we're getting into matters of free speech here but i'm just saying like it's man it's just so absurd how much of it is out there and how willing that, you know, we, fuck, you could talk about like the YouTube algorithms being decidedly like the YouTube <laughs> uh, algorithm will take you to the Jordan Peterson video, which will take you to the Ben Shapiro video, which can take you even further down the rabbit hole. And it's just, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I do think a major issue is though that you have one of the two major political parties in this country legitimizing all this stuff. Going out of their way to, I mean, you know, 20 years ago, like, as horrible as George W. Bush was, he wouldn't have been out there saying, like, yes, like, white people are being replaced. He may have thought it, but he wasn't going to say it out loud. He was part of, like, that genteel racism where he didn't say that stuff out loud. And, like, now, like, you, you, you basically have no chance of being a national candidate for the Republican Party if you aren't saying this stuff out loud. It's a bizarre purity test that i never thought i'd see you know and i and you know i'm a democrat and and we're by no means perfect i mean we have our own issues certainly um but it's wild to see who can outdo each other in the just insane conspiracy theories that are that are just stoking so many people's fires i mean it all is fear Based. And and I think what it is truly is that I think that they've I think the 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 Republican Party has tapped into I'd, I'd say the far ends of the Republican Party has tapped into the thing that will that, that will stoke the most fire the things that will have the biggest people turn out at some rally the things that will get people all amped up and it's just the fear of losing power you mm-hmm. know that's really what it is it's you know those people are no good our borders are being flooded you know uh, we're being replaced um you know our neighborhoods are looking this way and that way it's all it's you know make america great again right Right. it's all just you person you want things to look the way they used to look and you were better off then Mm. and when we were in control it looked like this and life was great um and it's and people are are sadly convinced by it. I mean, right. people are associating the fact that wages are low, inflation is high, you know, things are tough financially right now for people. Well, that is clearly the fault of immigrants. So that's clearly the fault of the fact that we are not in control the way we used to be. Is how you know people are being fed this, and mm-hmm. it's you know what they 
what people are just not realizing is that every pain, every struggle is shared among everyone when it comes to, especially when it comes to finances. But, but you know, the struggle that people, that this kid thought he felt in Broome County is nothing like the struggle that people actually felt on Jefferson Avenue. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's just so far from reality. You know, it's, it's just so deeply rooted in a, in a fear and in a denial and a, and a, animosity that it's it's just you know beyond anything i I could have imagined seeing well it's and my thing like when these these people who are afraid of being this replacement theory and like well we're gonna become the minority and like well you they tend to also argue like that being a minority in this country is not hard that we treat them fairly that everything's okay and like well if that's the case then you you should have no problem being the minority in this country right everybody's fine right everybody's fine but in your heart of hearts you know that we treat them like shit and we make their lives impossible, and you don't want that to happen to you because you just assume because like you're a piece of shit who would take advantage of people because you have the majority. That as soon as somebody else gets the majority, they're going to do the same thing to you because that's it. What you I mean? It's again well, which is another thing that Republican Party does a lot, whether they project what their their ideas onto other people. Well, and and we don't mean to turn this into like. Republican Party is bad, although, yes, I'd be happy to tell you that all day based on everything we've just laid out, frankly. But it's more of they have nakedly leaned into um, uh, uh, leaned into this ideology that they have taken it as a this is going to be a, a winning political proposition for us. And, and in many cases, they've been correct. So what, what do you what do you do? What do you deal like? How do you confront that? How do you? How do you not let that be the case? And I don't have the answer. Um, what I do know is that this kid was clearly radicalized by the internet, that he took the lives of people who had like had no, that they had nothing to do with this. They had nothing to do with him. They had nothing to do with his ideology. They wanted to go to the fucking grocery store. They wanted to be with their families. They wanted to wake up the next day and, you know, go about their lives and they'll never get that chance and we'll never get the chance to that person will no longer be able to be the light of somebody's life, a friend, a member of their community, because this person chose to act out the ideology that was, you know, just spewed into his brain. And I can't, for the life of me, I can't get over that, that these are, they didn't ask for it. They did like, Okay, you know, if somebody's in like a like a war zone or something, I don't know. I, I guess I'm losing my train of thought. But they didn't. Add, you're in the fucking supermarket. It's not supposed to be a place where you expect violence. No. They didn't in any way, shape, or form. Like they did, they didn't want this. They didn't ask for it, and it was just thrust upon everybody in our community now. And it's just so, my God, it, it hurts my brain. It hurts my heart. I ugh, fuck. Sorry. No, oh, yeah. I mean, if you're a black person in America, you, you have to got to worry. You, you have to worry about getting pulled over. You got to worry about your kids going to school. Now, you, any public place, it's oh, it's just around oh, here. It's a all all the while, by having you know substandard public right. education access, substandard right. healthcare access, substandard food access. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and like five hundred years of being held down economically. Yeah, yeah. With no generational wealth because banks didn't want to lend you. Right, right. Refuse to give you the opportunity to right. to garner any kind of yeah. generational wealth. 
Yeah. yeah. And to your point, Reed, these, these people that lost their lives tragically yesterday, they were the best of us, right? There were grandmothers who worked at, at food pantries and, um, I don't know. It's, there's no explanation Dads, for it. There's no way to wrap your head around grandmas, it. Grandmas, you yeah. know, moms. Um, it's just so, it's just so senseless and it's just so impossible to imagine even the terror in that moment, um, of, of just being at the grocery store, pop into tops, just, you need to pick up some ground beef or something, you know, we're going to make tacos tonight. And like those last moments just being the most vile thing you can imagine, just some chuckle fucking military grade armor and weaponry just unloading. Like I can't even begin to process um the sheer terror that that those people must have felt and i i hope that they have uh they find they're able to have some peace i hope their families are able to have some peace someday i hope we're able to have some peace uh someday too because you know this is going to be something that that sticks with us our community um our country i think for, for quite some time um and john i i appreciate you joining us today i know this is you know I know that this, none of us, this is what none of us signed up for when uh, we scheduled you on here, but I am glad in a way that we do have you to have somebody so thoughtful and so, you know, introspective who, who really um, can share with us a great perspective. Now, do you know of any, and I know there's a lot of community groups and there's a lot of outreach and organizing right now. Can, can you tell us some of the things that, uh, that, you are know, that you know are going on in that community? Sure, sure. So... Um, to Erie County's credit, um, they mobilized very quickly. Uh, just yesterday in the evening, I was uh, over at the Mikowski, uh Early Childhood Center, and there was a briefing being held with folks from different um, social service uh, agencies, from crisis services to Best Self to a couple other ones, and they were d- determining what what were some of the best things that they could do in the immediate. Um, because the families of the victims were were there. And what they're going to be doing, if not today and tomorrow, granted people will be listening this Thursday, but I can imagine this is going to be available past tomorrow. Um, but for at least for today and tomorrow at the Johnny B. Wiley Sports Pavilion, there's going to be free mental health counseling and trauma counseling for the families and all those invited. And there's going to be, um, uh, uh, you know, services for children as well. So it's, it's for the adults and, and, and kids and there's no appointment needed and obviously it's free. Um, but I, I'm positive that's going to keep going. There's going to be um, uh, food pantries that are going to be made available. There's going to be other resources that are going to be made available. You know, this is, um, you know, perhaps I'm, I'm the eternal um, optimist when it comes to government and what we do well. Um, at least here, we do well in, in times of crisis. We do well in times of urgency and 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 when things are not um not clear we we still move fast so you know i saw everybody from the county executive to the deputy county executive to the to multiple commissioners including the commissioner of mental health the commissioner of social services all being involved in it um and uh, you know city as well i mean i saw folks from from city government there as well to be helpful in whatever they they could do and and um I think a lot of us are just sort of eager to want to be helpful. And frankly, I'll say that to some of my colleagues from across the state. Yesterday, I've gotten phone calls from state assembly members and state senators from from the Bronx to Queens to Long Island. One, wanting to see how I'm doing. Um, but two, wanting to be helpful with anything we can do. And, and it's already gotten my wheels turning around. 
um, legislation um, to to confront. Granted, you know, not just on gun control, which is an absolute part of it, but also the the nature of how these things happen and and who's really held liable to, to for these things. Um, uh, so yeah, so I, I'd say that there there's that going on, and I'm sure there's going to be more. I'm, I'll be posting more about it, and I'm sure other elected officials will too. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, thanks for kind of an update because it just again, there's so much that happens in in the wake of something like this. There's uh, so many moving pieces and moving parts, and I'm glad to hear that there are resources available for people in that community. And you know, you obviously as an elected official, I mean it's it's something you have to take into account and how do i what do i do to make sure something like this doesn't happen again or how do we limit this um so it's not an enviable position by any means uh so i'm glad to hear that you know you're you're kind of taking it in again uh, one of one of our more th- one of our more thoughtful and um introspective uh, political leaders uh you are john so i really appreciate all your insight today and and joining us um no, I, I thank you. And, you know, I, I honestly think that um, there's something about this city. I think there's something about the people in this city. And I think that there's a, you know, I I obviously can see the segregation and I obviously can see where disinvestment has taken place. And I can, you know, I've lived my whole life in, you know, some of the poorest zip codes in this city. What I would say is there is a nature in us uh, that is always going to want to be there for one another you know I, I see it in today and in, in yesterday certainly i see it when there's six feet of snow out and you, people want to check in on their elderly neighbors right mm-hmm. i see it when you know we work together and help each other with taking each other's kids to the playground and you know and everything in between there's something about us that is there's a kind humanity in us even when we have little you know there's there's a you know, we, we're, we're known for a lot of things and, and some of them not that great. One of them being, you know, one of the poorest cities in the country, but truthfully, you, you, you know, it's there and it's certainly there, but when it comes to interacting with one another, there's not that, there's nothing that limits it. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, if you need something, I want to be there for you. And, um, that's what I see in these moments. And, if nothing else, that allows for people to see a different side of, of, of the coin of what what you know. Right now, you know, earlier today there's there was a visual over on Jefferson, and it's it's a it's an enormous crowd, and it's a diverse crowd, and it's it's Buffalo looking, um, but that just shows you, you know, people aren't going to be afraid forever. People aren't going to be. Um, People are going to go back into that tops and they are going to go back to shopping and they're going to feel safe doing it because they know that they're in a community where people give a shit about each other and that they love each other truly. And they want the best because whether I live on Jefferson Avenue or Niagara street, I want Jefferson Avenue to be a a good place to be. And I want, they want people that live there want Niagara street to be a good place to Mm -hmm. be. And you know, we, we extend a generosity that, that, that I haven't found in another city um, despite having so little. And, um, and that's why I'm proud to be here. And, and, and I'm, I'm already beginning to see it in light of what happened yesterday, but I know I'm going to see more of it. So, so it's good that we're talking about it. It's good that, you know, 
that, that we're real and we're honest about the, the the true racism that that exists um and 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 that we just be kind and 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 just see look at the needs of people and recognize it and 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 adjust so that the needs aren't 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 felt so heavy we will be a better society when when i can look at you in your suffering and take that as my suffering yeah you know whether you know that's in in reality that's the only lens i have as somebody that's elected to office i honestly thought when i when i ran for elected office that i'd be able to get a sense of what people thought were good and bad policies and that i would somehow be able to make a decision based off of that feedback but but people are worried more about making ends meet than they are about some silly law that I'm going to vote on that may or may not affect them. Mm -hmm. So instead of, of having that sort of immediate feedback of what's a good, good thing to, to support or what's not a good thing to support in reality, the, the only thing that we have is to just, you know, be the, in us create the best lens we can to do the best we can for the most people. And, um, and to just move in in sympathy and in empathy and kindness and and um that's that's really that's really what the job is and and um there's going to be a lot more to be said and and i'm sure you, you you folks will will talk more about it in in the upcoming weeks but um you know we're we're here for each other and and really that's that's the most important thing yep <laughs> So thanks, um, thanks again for for joining us, John. And uh, we'll we'll certainly have you on again, um, hopefully in, in in much better times. Uh, today, thank you, uh, the listener, for you know for for listening and um, joining us. Even though you know we're we're talking, you're listening, uh, you're in our minds here too as we have this conversation because you're part of our community, and uh, we know you're affected as well. So if um, if this helped you work through some things in any way, I, I hope so. Cause it certainly helped me and you know, I'm speaking for everybody else here, but I think, uh, I think we needed it. So thanks again. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back at it next week.